Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. This is episode number seven. I am Lucas Berry. Alongside me virtually is Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a nice day out so far. So, so it has. Good. Yeah. So we will begin today with the obvious place. I don't know if there's anywhere else we can logically start uh, with the current events going on in the country. Uh, this is a sports show. It's not a political talk show. It's not a show that is bent and built on political discussion nor social discussion. It is based on football discussion. Therefore, this will not, at least not, in, not intentionally, dive into and become a political or social debate. This will simply be us responding to news as it pertains to West Virginia University and the New England Patriots. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming here and you're thinking – well, why aren't they diving into it? Well, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to deep dive into it because, quite frankly, it's not the place of this show to do it, at least not in this form. Maybe later, maybe later the time will come where there's a Patriot or a WVU player speaking out and we will have a topic to discuss then. But as of now, there isn't. So I will begin with reading the NFL and West Virginia University's statements, and then Darren will follow with the statements of West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins, head basketball coach, and West Virginia head baseball coach Randy Macy. The NFL statement reads as follows, quote, the NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. Our deepest condolences go out to the family of Mr. George Floyd and to those who have lost loved ones. From the families of Breonna Taylor in Louisville and Mr. Ahmaud Arbery, the cousin of Tracy Walker, the Detroit Lions. As current events dramatically underscore, there remains much more to do as a country and as a league. These tragedies inform the uh, uh, excuse me. These tragedies inform the NFL's commitment and our ongoing efforts. There remains an urgent need for action. We recognize the power of our platform and communities and as part of the fabric of American society. We embrace that responsibility and are committed to continuing the important work to address these systemic issues with our players, clubs, and partners. West Virginia University says as such, our university not only has a moral as an obligation but a calling to step up against hatred, intolerance, and racism. We stand with our black community members. We are here for you at this statement. So that is that. That is the uh, WVU. That's part of the WVU statement. The second part of the statement, I do apologize for that uh, botching of that. Because of our diverse population at WVU, we grow and learn our, to our fullest. Together as Mountaineers, we must live with compassion, respect, and appreciation. We will not have it any other way. That's my part. Darren? All right, so Bob Huggins and, uh, you know, WV basketball coach, and, uh, Coach Maisie, the, the baseball coach, they both shared uh, a few thoughts on this. Uh, also note, uh, Huggins retweeted a, a video by uh, Jordan McCobb, uh, also on the basketball team. So he, he had something to say about it, but I'm not going to watch the video. I just noticed it. So uh, I'm just going to say that that's out there. Um so Huggins also posted his own thing as well as sharing something from the National Association of Basketball Coaches. So I'll briefly go over both of those and then go into Coach Maisie. So Bob Huggins, he, he tweets um, enough and he, he follows up with, that's a world that should mean so much to so many. 
Um, no words or speech can adequately explain the pain the Floyd family and others in the country are feeling. And I will do my part for my family team and as American to no longer stand for remaining quiet. Uh, he follows that up about an hour or two later. Um, actually, a couple days later, rather. Sorry, the timeline didn't look right. Um, and he shares a screenshot uh, that the National Association of Basketball Coaches, uh, their statement. Uh, the statement from them says that they were saddened and angered by the death of George Floyd and other recent senseless losses of life and offer their def- uh, op- sorry, offer our deepest condolences to all who share in our grief. Uh, we acknowledge that sympathy alone is not enough. As coaches, we have the responsibility to use our platforms to push back against hate and to stand alongside those, including many of our players and colleagues, who for too long have been marginalized. Racism and prejudice of any form have no place in our world. We demand that all coaches join in the cause by listening, by speaking out and acting, and making equality for all of reality. So that's what they have to say. That's what Bob Huggins also shared. Um, Huggins also shared a video, I guess, with him and a few others, other coaches making a statement uh, late yesterday. Uh, but I, that just, I just saw that as well. So that's also out there. Um, and then Coach Maisie, he basically just says that uh, – I don't know if there was some – if it's reading weirdly to me, but I'll read it out anyway. Um, it says, in one of the greatest examples of team history I've ever been a part of, it may have gone unnoticed by a lot of people, but our 2019 team was compromised of nine African-American kids, one Cuban, one Mexican, and those kids all loved each other like brothers. Uh, and I love them like, I love them all like my own. I wish people could learn to love each other from the positive examples and not just the tragic ones. Treating someone differently because of the color of their skin is beyond ridiculous. And that's what I have for both of those guys, um, as well as some things that they have shared. So that's some statements from from the community that we typically revolve around in this podcast. I, I, you know what? I said I wasn't going to go into a big discussion. I don't plan on it, but I, I just have to say this. They're right, okay? Especially when you consider that most of the athletes that these coaches are coaching are black. I mean, just look at it. Maisie just talked about how diverse that baseball team was, yet everyone who follows West Virginia baseball and those who didn't got around them last year when they hosted an NCAA regional, did we not? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to get behind them when things are going good and we've got an NCAA regional in Morgantown, why on earth are you saying that something to the effect of their lives don't matter if they weren't on the baseball team at your favorite college? Why on earth are you saying that? Athletics has arguably the biggest and best platform there is to show unity and to show togetherness. Mm -hmm. We all throw ourselves behind these athletes, professional, college, even high school. We throw ourselves behind these athletes just because they're on the same team. We're all on the same team. The human race is one team. For, For God's sake, stop acting like they're your main rival that you haven't beaten in 30 years. Stop. Yep. Yep, I, I cannot disagree with that at all. That's all I'm going to say, and now I've ranted for the last four episodes in a row. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? Everyone needs a good rant. Exactly, but seriously, I mean, come on. I, I'm, I'm not going to get into this big discussion. I'm just not. Because it's, it shouldn't, it's a discussion we shouldn't be having. 
I mean, it's 2020 for God's sake. It's 2020. This shouldn't be a discussion we're having. And here's the thing. I'm going to make this one last statement, then we're going to move on. If you are one of those people who are sitting there and spewing racist remarks at people, then don't watch the college football games. Don't watch professional sports. Don't watch sports in general. If you're going behind a black athlete and then spew racist remarks to them when the game is over, stop watching sports. The rest of us who believe in equality will be just fine without you. I agree. I agree 100%. Let's move on to something slightly less, slightly less depressing. Depending on how you look at it. Uh, some schools have looked at the possibility of playing football with fans in the stands uh, in the fall, including it, while not actually being said, you can take a lot of inferences, West Virginia University, because yesterday was season ticket priority deadline, and they publicly, they publicly uh, announced it and advertised it. They wouldn't do that to me unless you're looking at having fans in the stands. So, Darren, as a scientist in the group, what makes you? What do you think about having fans in the stands this football season? We talked about that a little bit in earlier shows, but I want your opinion on WVU doing that as well as the greater college football community. Uh, frankly, it it still it still worries me. Um, I mean, even in, like I said, touched on last last week, even in West Virginia, where we're we've even the last couple of days we've seen an extremely low number count. It still worries me, um, and. Uh, I'm going to bring this up just because it, it adds to to my own personal uncomfortable, uh, you know, uh, uh, my own personal views with this. Again, stated with last week, there was there was a a gathering. Uh, there is currently a gathering on High Street, uh, protesting police brutality. And I'm not going to lie when I say I was I contemplated going, um, but then I remembered, you know, that's a large gathering. Uh, even if we're all wearing masks. Uh, I'm still not comfortable with that. So a lot of people might be comfortable with that. And you know what? At, at that point, it's on you. But at the same time, it's it's not just on you. It's on the other people you would come in contact with that didn't choose to go to the game. Uh, so really, I, I just say take that into account before you, you jump out and start going, you know what? I want to go to the movie theaters. I want to go to a, a giant sporting event because – I bring up movie theaters because apparently those are supposed to be opening next week in West Virginia. Uh, I thought it was um, yesterday. It might have been yesterday. Yeah, I saw. I think I did see news on it yesterday, but I don't think uh, I caught the actual day that it was supposed to open. But it might have very well been yesterday. Uh, but but basically, things that are the most high risk places for you catching this should someone else be around are starting to open. And even in West Virginia, where supposedly we don't have that many cases, it's it still worries me. So. Really, it's it's be extremely careful, and and really, you can watch it on TV. I know being there, I know from experience as well. Being there is is extremely exciting, and it's much more exciting than watching it on TV. It really is. But you can watch it on TV if we have sports going on, and, and even if there are what half capacity in stadiums, most of us will be home watching it regardless. So. Just stay, just stay home a little longer, even if they are playing, for the sake of everybody. Let me also offer this. If we're talking about going to a football – okay, I live like three hours from Morgantown, two and a half, three hours, depending on how mm-hmm. fast you drive. That's probably fair, right? I haven't timed it, but that's you've, lived, you've driven to Fayetteville. Uh, two and a half to three. 
So if the game starts at 12, it's a high noon kickoff. You were leaving here about 7, 7.30 to get up, to get to beat game day traffic, even though we'll never beat it. You just get ahead of it while you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't get back to like 7 o'clock that night because of game day traffic leaving the, leaving the stadium. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a reduced crowd, you're still going to have a lot of problems. So if you're a person who loves college football and loves to follow the rest of the country, and you probably would be overjoyed that we're having sports at this moment, why would you go to a game where your ability to watch the rest of the country is shot unless you get back to like the 7 o'clock or 10 o'clock SEC slash Pac-12 game? Why would you do that? So if, if, you're, if you're watching on uh, TV, you can watch the 12, 3.30, 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever game you want across how many networks there are broadcasting college football games. And spoiler alert, if they do end up having to broadcast more games because there's less people going to games, they're going to put a lot more games on TV. They're going to find other slots to do it. Mm-hmm. There'll be that much more out there to do. It's yep. a college football smorgasbord. Why wouldn't you sign up for that? And you get to help. And you get to help people. Uh, you know, not spread the virus and kill people. Yeah. What? But what's better than that? Exactly. I mean, I, I love going to college football games. But I also love sitting in front of my couch and not moving for twelve hours. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I, I still I moved to put schools in my book, but that's about it. I pretty much I I, I see it from my end is that. I mean, obviously, going to a football game is, is, in its own way, a luxury. Even if I got tickets for free for my entire, you know, my entire career being a student here, I, I still thought of it as a luxury, right? Because um, those tickets aren't cheap, really. No. I mean, they're not, they're not expensive. They're not super expensive. But the ones for big games, they absolutely are. I mean... And and the student demand for them is even crazier, especially like you know Oklahoma comes to town, Texas, uh, the Texas and TCU. Um, when they come to town, those those games are packed, absolutely packed. Uh, so it, it, it's it's a luxury, and it's something that you you generally don't get to do too often, unless you're uh, one of the ones that gets to season tickets and and can really afford the time and, and the you know the money to go do that. Um, but so we, I guess my real point is uh, getting to is we spend most of our time sitting on our butts watching the TV anyway. It really won't hurt us to do it for another couple months. No. Should, it, should we need to? So that, that's really what I'm saying. You won't lose, you won't lose the fun in watching the game, especially the, like you said, if there are so many more games that might possibly be on TV because of that. And here's the thing, and this is a hotly contested debate, at least it has been through last year. Streaming services like ESPN Plus carried two West Virginia games last mm-hmm. year. Kansas and I think someone else was on ESPN Plus. Yeah. I think. Anyway, so WVU is actually going to be on ESPN Plus one game this year anyway. Mm-hmm. The Eastern Kentucky game will be on ESPN Plus. That's the new uh, agreement that any non uh Selected for tele- for national television games on ESPN Plus, and I guarantee you, Eastern Kentucky will not be broadcast on ESPN. I guarantee you, they're not going there. Mm-hmm. So, it, if you've got that thing anyway, in streaming services, I actually have ESPN Plus. I have the Disney bundle, so I have Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. And I had ESPN Plus on my own uh, before last football season. 
and I looked at some of the games that they have. Like, like if if you're someone who loves college football like I do, you're not just looking at who's Oklahoma playing, who's Alabama playing, who's LSU playing. You're looking at all around the country at a group of five games, FCS games, Division two games, Division three games. You're looking mm-hmm. at all of it. There is so much stuff for you to enjoy. Like I think like all the Mac schedule was on ESPN Plus at one like all that week's games on ESPN Plus. Now granted, for some ESPN Plus is a luxury they don't have, but it's still out there for you to enjoy should you have it. Mm-hmm. That's the point. You know, I have CBS Sports Network, I have ESPNU, I have FS2. That's a lot of games that can be thrown out there. I have ACC Network, I have SEC Network, I have Big Ten Network. All sorts of stuff that can be thrown out there. That's going to be out there for you to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Use it. If you have it, use it. Plus, WVU has their sports app on, you know, like Roku and things like that. Well, because what last year, one of their games ended up being on that. And maybe we might get fortunate enough that they put a couple extra games on that during I, the season. Uh, not for football. Not for football. You'll have radio for that, but not, not, no, yeah. no, they won't be allowed to show the audio, the video anymore. That's the reason they could show the video was because of the uh, AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh agreement. Ah. That's done because of the SPN Plus. So you'll only get I'll radio. You'll only get radio more on that. Now. Yeah, well, scratch that. Yeah, you'll only get radio. <laughs> oh. And we discussed, why you, we discussed why you don't do radio. <laughs> yeah. We figured that one out. Yep. But just <laughs> a, a word to the wise. Use what you have in front of you. Use the, the brain God gave you, okay? It's not that hard. I know we all want to go to sporting events, but let's be honest. Another point here. If the stadium's half full, there is no atmosphere. There really isn't. Tell me if you're a quarterback on a must-have third and ten, are you going to worry about 15,000 people? No. As opposed to like 30,000? No. Okay, you're just not. Go look at the smaller schools. There's not a whole lot of atmosphere. Now, granted, there are some that have a lot of atmosphere. But for the most part, there's not. And I'm not talking about, like, small schools as in, like, D2 and D3. Those schools are small to begin with. Concord has 2,500 students enrolled. That's not a big school. Mm -hmm. But... It, it, honestly, it's the it's the step up from a high school in terms of football atmosphere. Although high school can be pretty cool if you if you give them a chance. Uh, so here's the thing: we, there's not much difference in having a half full crowd as opposed to having a an empty stadium in terms of impact on the game. And college football, football as a whole, is not impendent upon playing it at a certain site. It just isn't. We play neutral site games all the time. Bowl games, mm-hmm. week one games, a random game played at neutral site in the middle of the year. That's split half and half. What does it matter if there's no one in the stands? Half and half effectively drowns out the other half. Why does it matter? It's not, it, it's, it's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. Go look. And what I would challenge everyone to do is I would challenge you to go look and see, and I don't know this for fact, I've been wanting to do this, but I haven't done it yet. Go look and see from last year how, what the home team's record was in 
uh, in 2019 season. Tell me if you think that will actually hold up in 2020. Because I don't think it will. And you know what? That means more chaos for you and me. That means more fun for you and me. Yeah. I mean, if a home does. team goes down to, a, to an underdog that has no crowd to fight, that's fun. Especially if it's a high-ranked, a high-ranked home team. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know. What if someone walked into LSU and beat him? What, and I don't know if they're playing. What if Vanderbilt walked into Baton Rouge and beat LSU? No disrespect to Vanderbilt, but they're not, they're not that great traditionally. So what if Vanderbilt walked in and beat LSU? Wouldn't that be fun? Imagine the upheaval that come, will come from that. Stay at home. Watch games. Oh. Enjoy it. Don't make me have to go buy another uh, free magazine because they maybe change the schedule to accommodate people going to games when they shouldn't be going to games. I don't want to waste that money. That's why I'm not buying one when they're out yesterday, and that's why I'm not buying one now. I don't know if the schedule's going to change. But that's, not, that's a conversation for down the road. We don't have time for that right now. We've got other things to talk about. <laughs> Any last thoughts, sir? Um, well, I mean, you bring it up just been like the example of Vanderbilt versus LSU or something. Uh, I always think of what it's been a while since Michigan beat Ohio State. Yeah, correct. Yeah, at Ohio State especially. So heck, you know, maybe that'll happen. Oh boy, <laughs> if that happens, <laughs> oh boy. Like maybe the the home field advantage. <laughs> Not having it will benefit. I, I doubt it, really, because Michigan hasn't even done much at their own home stadium against Ohio State, but you never know. Did you see what Harbaugh said yesterday, the other day? I actually did not. He says he thinks Michigan is closer to, to, to playing for a national championship. All, all I'm going to say I, is – I want to know how he justifies that. Ha, 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 ha. That's all I'm going to say. And by, and by the way <laughs> – Michigan does play at Ohio State this year. Oh, oh my. Yep. So, yeah, th- this could be fun. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> the NFL last week held an owner's meeting to approve or disprove or disapprove, uh, although you could disprove things, uh, rules. So this is the summary from the New England Patriots website, which they're sharing from the league, uh, of the playing rules and bylaws summary. So 2020 playing rules summary is as follows. Number one, by Philadelphia, who proposed it, to amend Rule 15, Section 2, to make, a permanent, to make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any unsuccessful or successful try attempt. I don't know why you'd want to. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's it clearly accessible. I don't really know. I can't imagine many times where you'd have a uh, an extra point being uh, being reviewed. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it, but I guess having the possibility of it happening, it, I guess, isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Um, in in the event that something were to happen, but I can't think of pretty much any. The only thing would example. be a two point conversion, but would that be called a try? You know, because it's like, is that, yeah. or is that just a conversion? I mean, I don't know if they... I don't know, I don't what know the, if they'd I don't, use that. Yeah, I don't know what the letter of the law is. Yeah, I'm not sure if they'd use those terms uh, synonymously, and they very well might, but you're right, I don't know the the strict 
wording of their of their uh, their bylaws. If it's a two point conversion, that makes total sense, especially if you got pass interference in the end zone or whatever. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. But for an extra point, uh, okay, but why? Number two, competition committee uh, proposed this. It expands defensive player protection to a kickoff or punt return who is in possession of the ball but who has not made it the t- has had who has not had time to avoid or ward off impending contact of an opponent. I'm fine. So I think, yeah, I'm saying I think that is like uh, I mean this happens to me on Madden all the time, and, and I'm thinking of this like this. Like uh, when a player decides not to to fair catch, even though two guys are coming on top of him, and he thinks he can avoid them, but he catches the ball right as he's getting you know obliterated, bumble, you know, just getting bulldozed. Yeah, uh, I could I can you know definitely see how that would be a good thing, um, even though the guy didn't didn't wave fair catch. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still a dangerous thing though um i mean i guess you could argue well he chose not to fail catch but you know that's that's neither that's really neither that, here nor there in terms of an argument by that same token if you're looking at it for a, if you're looking at it from an offensive player perspective if a player decides to cut across the field when he has the ball mm-hmm. or on the route that's his choice he still gets beamed yeah it's like okay that's your that's your choice but you still got your clock clean yeah. So, I think that's good. Uh, yeah. Another, there's no, and here's the here's where the Patriots come into play. Actually, the next two. Yeah. By competition committee, the third rule change prevents teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running, aka the Belichick loophole. Yeah, which was ironically used against him at the end of the playoffs. Yep. Uh, last season, uh, to finish off the playoffs. Even more year. ironically, Bill has actually said the loophole should be closed. Yeah. And he's right. And it, now, w- now, was this before or after it was used against him? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but that's a pretty good point. It's like, we should close it. We should close it right now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but I would I, – I, Think it would be before knowing Bill because I think he's always looking forward to the team. he's looking to improve the game. Mm-hmm. He's not looking to just win games. He's looking to improve it, whether it's for himself or not. Uh, yeah, and he's smart like that. But you know, I I find it interesting they finally closed that wall. Though I wonder if if they hadn't if Tennessee hadn't used it against him, would he would they even do anything? I, I kind of wonder. Yeah, it just because yeah, it was that one-off game against the Jets, and well, that's the Jets. No one really cares. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, that's that's it, one. That game probably wasn't very highly rated uh, in terms of Monday Night Football ratings. So, yeah, probably not. Aside yeah. from Patriots fans, like they got Boston and they got Park York, they didn't get anywhere else. <laughs> okay, so here's the this is one I really really like. Uh, as the bylaws uh, uh, approved by the league office, increases the number of players that may be designated for return from two to three from the injury report, incorporates interpretations applicable to bye weeks during the regular season and postseason. So, A, you can, instead of having two players come back from injury reserve, it should be, uh, can be three. Although, personally, I don't know why, if the player is not healthy, if, if the player is healthy, they shouldn't be allowed to come back off injury reserve. I really don't. Because the alternative is you cut them, or you play with the dead uh, spot on your roster. Doesn't mm-hmm. benefit anyone. 
No, it really doesn't. And I love how it says the incorporated interpretation applicable to bye weeks. So you can, I guess you can include your bye week in that as well, not just playing weeks. In terms of like if the player is injured for seven weeks, is that, is, is that what I'm taking Yes, that as, okay. So let's say the player gets injured in week, in week two. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and the let's I don't remember what the IR designated is, but let's say it's eight weeks. That puts him at week ten, but yeah, you, or, or or eight games. They'll put him week eleven. But if you have a bye week of like week seven, you can go week ten. That's how I understand. Oh, okay, it. that's how I understand right. it. I see. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I, I don't see why I don't why that shouldn't be a thing either. I might be wrong, but I I, I think that's how it's going. Which in in that case, again, all good. There's not. I don't see a thing wrong in these latest rule changes. I really don't. No, no, I can't really think of anything either. I mean, you know, you're you're closing some loopholes. You're increasing player safety. Just you know, I can only imagine people would be angry because it seems like there's always the few that are angry when player safety rules are, are taken into account. Too bad, I, I say, really, for that. Uh, uh, but um, so I mean, I have nothing against increasing player safety. You know, it, it, it's a violent sport, obviously, but making it as safe as possible and still enjoyable is still important. Even if they did sign up for it, it's still imp- it's player safety is always important. Um, it should be number because one because with and if you really think about it, it's a, to boil it down in in the most probably disingenuous way, but. The, these players are products. In their own, they're also people, but for the sake of the NFL, they are products. So keeping them safe is important because if you don't have them, you don't make money. Exactly. Like, but but in a real standpoint, they, they should be kept safe as much as they can. Uh, just at, because they are people. They they have lives to live. And, and they can't do that if they're in a coma in a hospital bed I don't, getting I don't, beamed on a, on a kick tone. I don't think the NFL wants another lawsuit for concussions. They probably do not. Exactly. So one rule that was not passed, in fact, the proposal was actually taken off the table, was a proposal for a sky judge like the AAF had. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting they, that they shelved that. I find that very interesting. They, they don't really want – I don't think they want to go into officiating again for a while. Yeah, I think after the, the PI review debacle, they, they probably – Need a, a, a cool down period before they start thinking about how to better officiate things. Let's get what we have. Done. Let's get what we have down pat. Then we'll worry about adding stuff. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the NFL, uh, Deshaun Jackson came up with what I think is a great idea, and said, "If no fans are in the NFL are in the stadiums, players should be mic'd up." So here's his exact quote: "If they should mic up players, they should give." I think they should mic up players. They should give fans the insight to see what really goes on between the white lines. He said on teammate Lane Johnson's Lane Johnson uh, outside the lane podcast. It's crazy, bro. I know in the trenches it gets crazy, and I know I'm and I know on the outside it gets crazy too. To converge the conversations we have, we go we go back and forth on. I like the idea of finding new ways to entertain people. And add the second level of sports viewing at home because it's all we have. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't see a problem with that. Oh, excuse me. The second quote is actually from Atlanta Falcons center Alex Mack. 
So uh, he's got more than one person in on it, but I agree with both of them. And I'll give you an example of, of how this is working. Before baseball season got postponed slash canceled, if you live, they're not going to play again. Uh, they had experiments where they would mic, they win spring training. So the games don't count. So you can do whatever you want. They had uh-huh. instances where players were mic'd for the entire game pretty much. Well, they switched off. Like when I watched the Braves, they had Freddie Freeman on the first day, and then they went through with players and coaches. They just kind of changed and did all that. That was really fun. Now, granted, that was for an interview talk like Chipper Jones, the Braves great, talks with Freddie Freeman. And Fr- Chipper and Freddie are really close because Freddie became the face of the franchise once Chipper retired. That yeah. just the baton was passed. So there's that connection between them both. And that was cool to see Chipper in the booth. Just got his ESPN announcing gig the, the previous day. His first day on the job was, was talking to Freddie, which was really cool to see. But it would be really cool. So it, and, and that drew rave reviews. I don't know how doing anything in the NFL uh, like that wouldn't be given rave reviews. I really don't know how you would have someone be, this is bad. Yeah, I, I love watching those the mic'd up ones, especially like Super Bowl mic'd up ones, those and playoff ones. Like, th- those are my favorite ones to watch. I'll I'll generally try to watch any of the, <clears throat> like uh, the Patriots. They they would have their weekly, their mic'd up uh, videos, uh, and then should, uh, uh, were they to have won, the the game they they, uh, what next Monday or the following two days later, they would have video of them in the locker room. So I, I love seeing that stuff and I love, I would love to see more of it because it, it's, it does give you that small little insight of, you know, some of the little chemistry that the players have that you might not otherwise see uh, even though they're on the field, but seeing them elsewhere, you know, on the bench or in the locker room, uh, I, I have no problem with that at all. Let's, even even if all the play if fans are in the stadium, I still would love to see it more of it. Let's take a it's just uh, fun to watch. Let's take an example. There's two things come to mind. One, there's a as a uh, mic'd up they mic'd up Belichick for the visit of the Packers the last time they were in uh, in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. That was fun to watch. He's a like he asked some guy for a sharpie. You don't think of Bill Belichick is taking time to ask someone for a sharpie, but you heard it. <laughs> It gives you yeah. that whole new side of him. It's like the man is the greatest coach ever, and he's asking him for a sharpie. As small as that is, it's something you never would have thought him of him having to do. Yeah, it's you know during the uh, during the uh, NFL Network documentary they did uh, a football life. They were playing the Ravens in Foxborough, and Bill was talking trash with one of the Ravens receivers, and the Patriots were leaning. It's like he pulled out a scoreboard on the guy. He literally went scoreboard and told the guy to go bleep himself. It's like, okay, dude. I said, oh, right, All right, Bill. <laughs> so, and you hear him talking with Ocho Cinco. They always double teamed Ocho Cinco. It's like, before preseason, you can take the night off. It's like, wait, what? It's, like, it, it's, it's fun. They're, okay. Greatest example of, of – and this isn't players, but it's the greatest example of coaching uh, Mike I've ever seen. So that 9 season was Edelman's rookie year. The first preseason game was at the Philadelphia Eagles. Edelman returned punts for Wes Welker, 
who was out was not playing that game. Uh, Belichick called Welker an ERW. This is E Rye warm up, not playing. And then he brought out. He was talking to a uh, one of his coaches about a guy named Wally Pip. And Wally Pip should not mean anything to you, but Wally Pip is the guy that played first base for the Yankees before Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig, before Kevin Kim was the uh, had the longest streak of professional baseball games played, like over two thousand one hundred games. Wow! And he went up to West Walker and after Elton returned to return to punt really well. I don't know if he t- I don't know if he scored, but he had a really good punt. He's like, you ever heard of Wally Pip? And he explained to him, "It's like," <laughs> and West Walker said, "He can have the punt return job." And Bill went, "Way to compete! Way to compete!" So if, if you're gonna <laughs> get that kind of dialogue in a player, when it's not as as it's unfiltered like Bill is, it's not as unfiltered as Bill, who has actually more unfiltered than Bill. Why wouldn't you take that? Imagine what happens if a new receiver from uh, Tampa Bay screws up and Brady gets and Brady gets to yell at him. I want to <laughs> see that. I want to see that. Remember uh, a few years ago when it was the Gronk's last year. Gronk was in a in a uh, in a stance on the line, and Brady yelled at him, "Gronk, stand up." That was caught yeah. on uh, that was caught on um, on TV. Hello, mm-hmm. more stuff like that. Yeah, and then and and this is this isn't a weird positive, uh, yet something I wouldn't want to see, but I could imagine it it happening, uh, which I guess is good for their jobs. Um, you, you'd imagine that every little squabble would end up, you you'd end up seeing a report going, "Is this the end of the relationship?" And oh. you know, I, <laughs> now that might be a negative side for me. I wouldn't want to see that. However, I can only imagine that reporters and, and or. Uh, uh, people yeah, like sports me. reporters would jump on that and then you know write some piece. Uh, oh, you'd have stuff out yeah, during the game. Yeah, and, and that now that's good for them. They they getting some beef for their job, and that's you know, more power to you. I wouldn't want to see it, but I'd imagine that that would happen. But I would much rather see it happen on TV and just you know think, hey, that's funny, or look, these guys are gonna get mad at each other for a minute, and you know they'll they, they'll make. Uh, They'll make good on it tomorrow, and, and no one will ever know what happened. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I just want to see it. <laughs> I want to see all the, the random quarrels and or funny jokes. One more point when it comes to mock to micing up players. Two words: hard knocks. <laughs> Done already. Why not just do it again? Why not just throw it into a yeah. game? Yeah. I mean, you could argue, oh, cost, but I mean, you you could make so much revenue on the on the YouTube videos that would come out of that that because they, they post they post this stuff to the YouTube anyway. So at least at some and point, and there's got to so, be an ad attached to it. I mean, it's NFL. You're not going to go yeah. in there for free. Exactly. So it, now, look, I'm not saying have uh, video cameras or mics in uh, in film rooms or in coaches' meetings. I'm just saying that on the field, it would be a fun product. Card yeah. Knox does that, but teams have the right to say we don't want that going out there on Hard Knox. They reserve that right. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have coaches welcoming you into their locker room at halftime, but as cool as that would be, especially if you're getting blown out. Uh, mm-hmm. But on the field, got no problem with it. Got no problem with it. And we've already have micro players anyway when they do like special broadcasts. So I mean, why not? 
So moving on now, we're going back to the college stuff because, well, we can. Uh, we've talked about the kicking situation at West Virginia. There's a new kicker on campus. His name is Tyler Sumter. He comes from Troy following Coach Brown. Uh, he is a senior. He'll be a senior in the fall. He's a grad transfer. He enters him into the transfer portal in January. I'm reading for the daily, from the Daily Athenaeum in uh, WVU, the, the, the student newspaper up there, which I happen mm-hmm. to read on a fairly regular basis. Even though I don't go to West Virginia, I still read it. Most of the sports section. But uh, during his three seasons at Troy, he handled both the kicking and punting uh, duties. As a puncher, he booted the ball at least 40 times in each of his past three seasons. His longest grip punt was a 79-yard bomb in 2018. He was named All-Sun Belt Conference third team as a punter the last two years. As a kicker, he's not near as good. He's 39 of 51, which is a 76.5% make rate. His career, career long is a 50-yard field goal, and he earned All-Sun Belt Conference second team honors as a kicker in 20. 18. And this, of course, leading the, uh, well, they have Evan Saley as kicker. I forgot about that. And Casey Legg as well. But the punter, mm-hmm. which will be uh, Josh Gowden, Gowden, he's out after uh, after graduating. So they've got a punter. Yeah. The kicker, an extra depth maybe, but they've got a punter. And from what I imagine, he's pretty now, good. With Evan Staley, I know he at least got his degree. Um, is I I didn't look into it. Is will he? Is he still on the, the team? As the a, DA says as, so. Okay. The DA the, the oh, line is something could also compete for the first string kicker job with Evan Staley and Casey Leg. Okay, I see. In, well, I in mean, which case, yeah, our previous way, statements on Evan Staley being out were unfounded. We apologize. Yeah, because for some reason I, assume, I I always assume that graduation means you're gone, but then I I. I constantly neglect the fact that graduate transfers are a thing and and really i didn't realize till a few years ago that graduate transfers were as common as they were uh, so i'm still in my bread uh, in my bread <laughs> in my, in my, bread, my <laughs> brain is bread, guys that's that's basically where my my brain went today. all that my yeast all that yeast bread. in the lab finally developed <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah there were a couple of yeast labs in there that's getting to me it's probably generated a little too much alcohol from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in my brain, I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around the fact that graduate transfers are a thing. I mean, there was what? It was someone from Navy that was a, a playing football and was a, a doctoral student, uh, 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 sorry, a med school student yeah. or something like that, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Like last year or the year before. Yeah. So, for some reason, it shouldn't make me, it shouldn't be surprising that this was a thing, but my brain just, for some reason, can't wrap my head around hey yeah they're all graduate students playing football. also separate point you can graduate from the university in three years and still play football for a fourth as long as you're in grad also school true. at wvu so yeah. you can do that you know it's not uncommon mm-hmm. so yes you can still graduate and still have and still have a year of eligibility left and they'll let you play it you gotta be going to school but they'll still let you do it mm-hmm. so yeah i it, it the punter is often looked is often overlooked, but let's be honest. If it weren't for punters, there'd be a lot of games that turned out a lot differently. Yep, as the Rich Eisen show has uh, said, and actually sell starts with this: punters are people too. Yep, and they're true, and they're right. For the brand, for the brand. There you go. Pat McAfee will be proud. 
Yes, he would. So, staying at the college level, there's not a whole lot to say on a, on, on a new punter, but there's something to say on this, and there probably won't be a whole lot, but we're going to go there anyway. Uh, there was I was looking for a statement on the athletic department's part, uh, com, and I came across a poll. Uh, West, favorite West Virginia tradition, country roads, bombing up the carpet for basketball games on the Mountaineer Man Trip. I vote at country roads. Darren has told me what his vote is before the show. He's going to tell it again. But we're going to have a little bit of the debate. There's not a whole lot here, but we're going to talk about why his vote and my vote are the same and why we really think it should should win, even, and it is. Uh, Darren, what would you vote for? Or what would you vote for? No, I, I Country Roads for sure. I mean, I, I've been to basketball games. I've watched the the uh, the carpet unrolling. That's awesome. Uh, but that's before the game. So that's, hey, here's the Mountaineers. Uh, you know, bring on the Mountaineers. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, the Mountaineer Man Trip, you know, before the game, that's awesome. And they've, what, since incorporated uh, uh, waving to the Children's Hospital, yes. right, over yep. the last couple of years. So that's, that's obviously awesome. Uh, but there's nothing better than beating a team and singing Country Roads together because that's that's signifying one everyone's a lot of people stay so many people stay some people trickle out but when that game's won the there's nothing better than having nearly 60,000 people or however many the Coliseum holds what is it 14, 15, 000, 14 5 like whatever that. um uh, you know singing together country roads uh because you know you've won for for, for one and two you get to sing now and sing with with thousands of your closest friends. Exactly. So that's the one that, that really, because it's it's so fun to do, and also tie in the fact that you're only singing it when you've won a game. And after winning something like what, uh, my, I think it was my senior year, we beat K-State at home. And I think that was the first time they had beaten K-State. Oh, yeah, and they came back in that game. They were down like 16 yep. and came back and won. Exactly. So my friend, me and my friend John, uh, we were up at the, the very top of the, of the stands where I like to be, seeing everything. And we won the game pretty much, you know, almost the last second as you can be, really, uh, from what I recall. And uh, we were just up there, excited as ever, going, we finally beat them. We're un- we've we finally gotten that victory. And I think that was the only other team at that point other than Oklahoma that we hadn't had a victory yep. against uh, since joined the big 12. So yeah, things like that. Um, you know, the Oklahoma state game, my freshman year, one of uh, when they beat number 11, when Oklahoma state came in, you just can't beat those experiences. And had I been there my sophomore year, when they, they gave a whopping or a back and forth, each, each team walloped each other really uh, in that game. Uh, that that would have been awesome to be at. I was I was home for Bridge Day. Uh, that what a weekend. what so, a thing to be home for. Yep, I, I was kind of glad at the same time because, uh, unsurprisingly, there were some uh, there was some uh, inappropriate behavior around. Yeah, doesn't su- doesn't surprise me. Let's just say at one point, at the top of Flat Row, there was a flaming dumpster being pushed down, and my and my dorm room was was right next to that <laughs> what dorm were you in uh, i was in a, a uh, okay uh, in sophomore my sophomore and junior mm. year and stone uh my sophomore year i was 
literally on the end of of the building closest to Frodo. Okay. So I could hear them doing their thing all the time. And let me just tell you, it got annoying. I can, I'm sure it did. Uh, I my brother was in Dadisman, as you know, I know because you talked to him. But not it's like the next dorm up. You're gonna hear it. Yep. Uh, there were no big football wins this year, so I don't think he really had anything to deal with that. But he's hoping for a win, a big win this year. Let's be let's be Oklahoma. Yep. Hey, let's do it. Uh, so yeah, Country Roads. Oh, you mentioned spring after a win. I remember hearing it after mm-hmm. a loss too. Oh, yeah. Really? So the first time the college basketball version of college game that came to Morgantown was when Louisville came in in like 2010 or 11. West Virginia lost the game. And they played Country Roads. Louisville. I see. I didn't. Well, did it, was it LSU? I said college basketball. Oh, sorry. I thought you said no. football. My bad. My bad. I totally misunderstood that. I, now, I didn't know that they came for basketball games. So that's probably also why my brain was immediately thinking football. It's, it's much less um, known. I don't watch it unless it's in Morgantown. But I uh, – see if I can find the uh, the, um, the 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 day they were in. They were, okay. It was 2009. It was okay. number six Louisville at West Virginia on March 7, 2009. West Virginia lost by three, 62-59. So that was the end day, and they played Country Roads after that uh, after that game. And I was like, oh, "We lost the game. We lost the game. Why are you doing this? <laughs> this isn't yeah, right." I, I couldn't imagine. Someone hit the button, and said, "Oh, well, I've already done they it." Go, okay, <laughs> well, just we you go. want to feel good about yourself. Okay. <laughs> also, fun fact: West Virginia was involved in in College Game Day again in 2018 when Kentucky came to town for the big for the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, just a little bit of a fun fact: West Virginia has three appearances on College Game Day. The other one was uh, later on that year when uh, uh, they visited Kansas, and we all know what happened there. They lost because <laughs> they don't win at Kansas. We didn't <laughs> Kansas at Kansas yeah. like being Oklahoma in general in football. It ain't gonna happen. Yep. So let's wrap up here. Well, we're going to start everything up. I've got one more thing that I'm going to surprise you with something. Yeah, I know. Uh, So (laughs) uh, I was watching Pro Football Talk earlier today. And on the bottom line ticker, they were talking about a podcast series that will be released tomorrow uh, on Thursday called, if it's the Sports Uncovered podcast, number one, it's a six-part weekly series. It's tomorrow, uh, Thursday, they're going to be saying, the Bill Belichick you don't know. So here's my question. What do you want to know about Bill Belichick in podcast form? I mean, geez. It's such a hard thing to pick because you really don't know too, too much. It's like, can I just say everything? <laughs> you could. I don't really have. A, I don't really have a great response right now. I mean, I should, but I don't. I, I, you know what I want to know a lot about, I, and I know enough. I he did an interview after the Super Bowl win against uh, Atlanta, 
1951. He did an interview with CNBC at his favorite restaurant in, Anna- in Annapolis, Maryland, about uh, basic things about leadership and stuff like that and team building. I want to hear. I want to hear go, go in depth about like team building and leadership because we all know he's mm-hmm. a football genius. But you can have the greatest game plan ever, but if your team isn't together and playing as a one, it doesn't matter. He gets that team to be together. He gets that team to play as one. That's arguably his biggest asset. Yeah. I want to know more about that. And I would also like people who don't know about it to know more about uh, his background in terms of his dad uh, coaching at Navy, scouting at Navy. His dad literally wrote the book on football scouting. It's called Football Scouting Methods by by uh, Steve Belichick. Wait, that's not his name. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I want to know more about. Let me look up that book. Oh, it is Steve Belichick. That's right. It was a book published. Uh, let's see here. When was it published? Uh, hey, you can buy it for 99 cents. I might get that. Uh, hmm. In 1963. Wow. Yep. The father of the New England Patriots, head coach, and it says three-time Super Bowl champion, but it should reflect six, Bill Belichick. So, yeah, Bill comes from a very rich coaching background. He's he talked about before about uh, going with his dad to Navy practices and hearing the, uh, click, the click of the cleats on, uh, on the, on the uh, cement as they were going to practice. He remembers that. He, 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 it is a football family. I think it'd be mm-hmm. cool if people would understand the football background he has. Because if you understand that, it will help you understand him a little bit more. Yep. Yep. That's, I can't disagree there. That would be something fun to, to know more about. Well, time for the surprise. You ready? All right. Someone on this podcast is being published. Tell us a little bit about that, sir. It's a great accomplishment for oh. you. Yeah, so um, th- there's some – I got an email yesterday morning, uh, and it said – I'll just pop it up because when I saw it, I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't do this. Um, so – it said on June 1st, 2020, which was, was yesterday, um, they received the manuscript, and I'm not going to go into the name because no one's going to understand it, uh, uh, by my PI, uh, a former postdoc, um, one of our former undergrads, myself, and a few other uh, collaborators, uh, has been pu- uh, assigned a control number. So basically, they're going to be reviewing it. And I was like, wait a second. So when I read it, and I thought, thought for a second, now, wait a minute. Is this what I think it is? So I, I opened the link and looked through it. So what it actually is, is I did some work two summers ago um, on, uh, I'm just going to briefly simplify this so that no one's confused, uh, some uh, synthesis genes for uh, biotin. And if anyone is familiar with biotin, it's it's a, vitamin B7. Uh, so these, a lot of bacteria have this uh, 
these sets of genes that allow them to synthesize it and transcribe it, um, or synthesize it and provision it, sorry, to their hosts and stuff uh, to supplement blood meals. And I did some work mapping the relationship of all of these bacterial genes. Or every, so I didn't map the relationship of bacteria. I mapped the relationship of their uh, unique, well, as you could put it, um, uh, set of the genes that do this. So we mapped the relationship and we wanted to see if they all, uh, how closely related they were. So I had been, I actually had no idea they were planning on submitting that anytime soon. I knew they were planning on submitting a few things. But uh, when I saw it, I was like, that, that's exciting because they, um, they published the first, from what I'm aware, the first genome of the cat flea uh, like two months ago. So this paper is kind of related to that uh, because they're looking at two bacteria that they found inside of there that they didn't quite expect to find. Well, they expected to find one, but they didn't expect to find the other. So they published on that, and that's kind of where my work comes in on that. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, so hopefully we'll find out. I don't know how long it normally takes review processes uh, to occur, especially, you know, that probably depends on uh, each specific journal. This one is particularly um, M-Bio. I believe that's uh, American Society for Microbiology uh, uh, paper uh, that they publish. So I don't know how long it takes them to review, but I'd expect it in the next three to six months, probably, depending on how long the review process goes and editing that might happen and things like that. So it's it's an exciting thing. It was a nice ego boost yesterday morning that I didn't know was hap- going to happen. So it made me feel pretty good. You know what would be really weird? Okay, so my girlfriend and I are working on a documentary right now. Uh, mm-hmm. If our documentary came out the same time you got published, like, who do we applaud more? Do you watch my thing and I read your paper? Like, what, what are we doing? Sure. We, we all have a, a, a uh, uh, collaborative celebration for each Yay. other. With all of our friends. <laughs> we all we'll, share the we'll spotlight. Get, we'll get you all down here and we'll just be like, hey, you have to go and come down here. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, uh, congratulations. I told you this yesterday, but seriously, congratulations. It, it really is something really cool. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. With that, we are done. We are only at about 60-some minutes. We're just over an hour. This is excluding the fact that I have to cut out some time that we talked before the show. This is going to be our shortest show ever. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? What the heck? And we had, and we had more to talk about than last week. So what, what, I, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't know how that worked. It's just, it's crazy how this stuff happens. And you have like the longest rundown of your life and you'll come down and you're like, wait, what? And here's the thing. <laughs> I withheld stuff that we could talk about this week. So we have stuff for next week, but it's not timely. So yeah, uh, that that's crazy. But you know what? It is what it is. Another show in the books. This is number seven we've done. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for almost two months now. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't need to be said, but I'll say it anyway. It's crazy. It, it really is. But nonetheless, we will be back next week 
with a new episode. We don't know what we're going to talk about yet, besides this thing I haven't yet to put in the rundown. But we'll find something for sure. And as always, if there is some breaking news, well, not necessarily breaking news, if there's news surrounding the coronavirus and athletics, whether it be the NFL, WVU, whatever, we'll talk about that because this is a podcast that is, I think, perhaps more than most qualified to discuss that considering we have a, a, a scientist here. And someone who is thinking of it from a, a media slash coaching perspective. We covered almost all baselines, and plus we're both fans. We're covering almost everything in some form or fashion. So mm-hmm. if there's something to talk about, we'll talk about it. If not, we've got some things lined up, at least one thing lined up for next week. We'll probably think of something else because, let's be honest, we're all, at least for me, I'm thinking of college football and football a lot. I don't stop thinking about it because there's not a game being played. I mean, I just yep. wrote a article the other day about what the 2017 playoff was eight teams. And I've got another one coming out later on this week about the 2018 playoff was eight teams and then 19. So I've got two more to do on that. And then my college football writing will take a break till the season starts, but, or until media days. But, you know, I'm not, I still be thinking about it. If there's an idea that comes up, I'll write about it. But, you know, it's not like we don't. It's not like when the game ends, we stop thinking about it. We're fans. We don't do exactly. that. Yep. We don't know how. Nope. Not at all. There's been times where we've just he and I have broken out into discussion where if you had no idea, you'd be like, "You swear it was in October." We're talking about it because it's a football conversation. Like, wait, what? It's May. Why are you talking about that? Because we thought of it. That's why. Exactly. It, it reminds me of the perfect SpongeBob scene. Uh, imagine SpongeBob being in NCAA football oh, God. or NFL football. What do you What do you do while I'm gone? Pat and us wait for you to come back. That, that's the truth. That is the truth. Here, <laughs> here's the thing. Wait till we get to media days in college football. Now, granted, they won't be a live school or conference. Clean to be twelve, we're doing them virtually instead of in one place. But I love mm-hmm. media day because it's an entire day, or in the SEC's case, four days of nonstop football talk. It's coaches, it's players, it's media, it's all coming together to talk about the greatest sport in the, on, the greatest sport on earth. It's fun. Yep. It's when you can officially start talking about 2020 records and who's going to win this game instead of looking back to 2019. It's, it's hearing about these things, and it's, it's, it's a celebration of the game. That's fun to me. It's just, it's something I enjoy so incredibly much, and I can't wait for it to get here. Oh, we have to get through June and half of July to get there. You got about a month and a half to go. But as Steve Spurrier called it, talking season, he's right. But it also is the unofficial start of the football season. If you use that very yep. about a month of football season, then we are going to enjoy that. We'll figure out what to talk about in the meantime, though. But until next time, for Darren Shrewsbury Jr., this is Lucas Berry saying, have a safe, most importantly, safe and good week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Stay safe, everybody.